You're listening to the news and why it matters on demand. Hey, I'm Sarah Gonzalez. Welcome to the news and why it matters. Glenn, what was the top story for you? The Kardashian and their <laughs> firefighting squad. This is probably the first time you've ever said the Kardashians are your top story. Yes, and hopefully my last. <laughs> do. How do I pick a story with someone less relevant than the Kardashians? Michael Avenatti. Ah, <laughs> all right. I already feel like this is going to be a heck of a show. Andrew. <laughs> uh, I am going to talk about uh, the hatred in the American heart. There's, there's some st- I was st- right. st- st- statistics that are, that are disturbing coming out. Awesome! All right, before we get you into are such all of a that, puzzling guy, I, you are really, truly one of my favorite individuals that I think I have met thank in you. a very long time. Well, thank you, Glenn. But it's really more of a statement. I don't get out enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we get into all of that, I want to thank our sponsor, Brick House. Um, so I have not been sleeping well lately. I don't know if it's a weather change or what, but I'm kind of living off of From Dawn to Dusk right now, their product that uh, gives you energy without the jittery feelings of coffee. But they also have Field of Greens, which is much tastier than what you will find on this table. <laughs> um, it is one it's much more serving. tasty than anything uh, that you will find that is the color green, and uh, with an exception of possibly an apple sometimes. <laughs> what about pistachio ice cream? Yeah. No. Oh. Mint chocolate, chocolate chip. chip. Lime, Mint chocolate yes. chip. Lime sherbet. Lime sherbet ice cream. Okay. Uh, I'll take that. Lime okay. sherbet is not an ice cream. It's either one or the other. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got science right there. Okay, but instead of eating <laughs> ice cream, denier. instead of eating ice cream, yes. uh, you need Field of Greens. One scoop is one full serving of fruits and vegetables, and they're organic. It tastes great. You can mix it in water, milk, a smoothie, whatever you'd like. And men, you can get your wives off your back for not eating your vegetables. <laughs> yes, it's finally. a win-win. Right, the old ball and chain. Go to BrickHouseBlaze.com and use promo code GREENS for 15% off your first order, or you can text the word GREENS to 41411. All right, I'm going to tell you now a horrifying story. Horrifying story. Okay. of, Of how the rich just get richer and keep the poor down. The Kardashians have taken firefighters off of the front lines and hired them to to keep their house you know from burning except the problem is that they didn't take any firefighters from the front line on the cheap houses they just hired private people brought them in and fought the fire they're on a they're on a side of a hill they had all these firemen come and just continually spray the hill and spray their house which stopped the fire from going to their house and burning down the entire street. Mm -hmm. Now, they have a $60 million house. And I am reading about this, and I am hearing about how horrible this is. Oh, now the rich can fight fires. Yes, they can. (laughs) Yes, they can. You can, too. But you probably don't have the money to hire a bunch of firefighters. But here's where you should look at it everybody's insurance is going to go up because of this damn wildfire, okay? How much? Have you even heard? I mean, I'm not hearing things. Usually you hear the stats on what this is going to cost. Mm. What is this going to cost the insurance companies, and how high are the premiums going to be? Especially with the, the neighborhoods that this the exactly fires are located right. in. So any $60 million house filled with a bunch of crap that's also probably at least $40 million in shoes... I say save it because it will help 
your insurance rate. How can this possibly be America when we had, we still have volunteer fire departments? This guy hires a bunch of people. It's not illegal for you to do it. He has the money. He saved hundreds of millions of dollars. How is this a bad thing? I, I don't I, get it. It's kind of like uh, if you got mad about bodyguards or mall cops, right? Like we've got policemen and no one's saying you shouldn't have access to policemen. Or you shouldn't have access to firefighters. But if you want to augment that through the private sector, you're free to. And, you know, I, no, no one says that. Uh, mall cops are detracting from you know the ability of, of other people to get police right. effort. And nobody's saying that the security, security guards. Right. However, if all of a sudden you had a security guard and a bulletproof car and your neighbors didn't and they were being shot up by gangs and you got out, they would turn on you and say, how dare you look at the rich? He got out. Yeah, yeah, because he hired a bodyguard and he, he bought the car and... He had a plan for it. And this is everything that happens in every market, right? I mean, you know, you get the best TVs when, first when you're rich, and you get the best car first when you're rich. You get all the new technology first. But, like, a lot of the, the, the way they're fighting these fires in these rich areas is with new technology that's not really tested, and it's super expensive, and nobody can afford it. But that's just the case now. In 15 and 20 years... The, the, every fire department will have this proven technology that was paid for largely by people like the Kardashians. And that's a miracle. I mean, this is honestly a, a story of heroism uh, from Kim Kardashian and Kanye West. Because here's a you know, they, they were able to bring in the private sector to solve a real problem at their own expense. They saved other people's homes as well. They saved everybody when it comes to uh, insurance cost. This should not be, in America at least, this should not be looked upon negatively. So here's the, th- here's the thing. To, to show what you're talking about, I have a, I have a home in the mountains, and it is, it is so close to burning down. And so we've talked about installing this new fire suppression system. I don't even know what it is, but it's like these valves that when it, when it senses fire, it actually coats the entire house in foam. Okay. Yeah. So if I come to your ranch and smoke, <laughs> that is a you long will be weekend. spending a lot of time. Bring a bucket. Yeah, yeah bring a bucket yeah. and a rag. Yeah. Um, but it coats it in this, in this foam. It's, that, that it's, it's absolutely incredible. Well, yes, I bought the first. You remember on my 40th birthday, my wife, she got me a, a Sony Trinitron uh, high-definition 40-inch screen. It was the first one hanging on the wall. That was my 40th birthday. It was $10,000, okay? $10,000. A 40-inch high-definition, not 2K, not 4K, not 8K, which they now just came out with. It was just high-definition. Ten grand. Was it one of the ones with the really big backs too, like no. the big chunky back? No, okay, it, so was it was the slim. first flat. It was yeah. the okay, first so okay. flat screen that you could hang on the wall. But you could but go to Walmart inches. in the next ten minutes and buy yeah. that exact TV, except far improved with much better far technology improved. for two hundred and sixty dollars. Right, it's the same thing. What right now? What people have to understand is you look at the breakers. If you ever go to uh, Newport and you see, oh my gosh, the Vanderbilts. Look at the way they lived. Really look at the way they lived. You have more amenities in the middle class home making 60 grand a year. You have more amenities and more access to more different kinds of food that you can afford 
different kinds of food, different kinds of transportation, yeah. all of it. I won't even time travel backwards. Right. I, don't, I don't want to live any time without air conditioning. Right. You're better off than the Vanderbilts oh, were. Yeah. I mean, one of my favorite books is The Rational Optimist. Oh, uh, by Matt Ridley? So good. So uh, good. Lord Matt Ridley is he a great is author. Awesome. Great guy. And uh, in the book, he talks about um, the how. But go back to the kings in the day, and what they would do with the kings is they would come out to their to their dinner, and they would cover a gigantic table with every single food they could possibly imagine, and they would walk out there, and they would be able to choose anything they wanted. That's just us going to the grocery store now. Every single person <laughs> and, and on earth has the same thing that King Louis had. And what is the what is the average number of items on a grocery store of different varieties? It's oh. like. It's much better it's now, right? Tens it's tens of, of thousands, thousands yeah. of, of variety. Where that miracle. was just on one table. An absolute miracle. miracle. And we never recognize it. It just seems so contrary to the principles that our country was founded on that we're now, you know, it's supposed to be a negative that someone right. has money and can afford to do things. I feel like used to, that was looked at as like motivation mm. to work hard and become that rich. So I remember when Bill Gates first built his house in Seattle. Anybody remember that? It was like oh, it was like the computer house and everything. Yeah, it was really okay. big deal at the time. Yeah. Do you remember what the big thing was? One of the big things that he had in his house was he had flat screens, and they doubled as pictures, and so you could <laughs> take a picture, a painting. And it would be on a flat screen monitor <laughs> on his wall. Wow. That's crazy. And it could change pictures. But did he have one of those paintings that has the neon strip going through it? Because I feel like that's super classic. <laughs> in the 90s, yeah, right, maybe. Right, so, right? okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, to, to go back to your point, Sarah, I think that there's, there's a, a very common and very destructive conflation of poverty and inequality as being the same thing. Mm-hmm. Poverty's bad. Poverty is always bad. We should always be trying to figure out how to break up poverty. But the idea that someone's poor because someone's rich is very harmful. Yes. Because if I if I go build a house and I pay someone or I pay someone to build a house, that value has been created. That guy got the salary, and I not, I got no I got a house. We don't live in a zero sum universe. Right. Uh, and it's the same thing with the firefighters in this equation. Where if it were actually like if it were Kim Kardashian bribing the fire department to go away from low-income housing so it could burn to the ground, that would be a different story. But, um, you know, hiring other people to come in, you're just, all you're doing is expanding the pie of available firefighters, and it benefits everybody. So mm-hmm. I was in uh, Pittsburgh a couple weeks ago. We were on tour. And we were at this community theater, um, and it was built in 1890-something or other um, by Carnegie. And it was fascinating. I mean, I, I had the best time. You know, we were in the basement looking at the old f- uh, the coal furnaces and stuff. It was a time tunnel. Um, but it was connected to a library. And so I started doing some research on this place because it was just phenomenal. And it was built by Carne- Mr. Carnegie, who, remember, is a robber baron. Yeah. And he built this library you know, and, and the music hall, kind of like he did in New York City. Um, and he said that he wanted every community to have a king's library, the library of a king, okay? Because it would provide a ladder for those in the regular population. If they were motivated to do so, they could get the information and educate themselves and climb out for those who were motivated. Mm. Okay? He didn't say for everybody. He said for those who were motivated. So I read this and I thought, how is this guy a robber baron? And I keep reading. And do you remember the number? It was in the thousands. I thought it was like 28,000 or something. I don't. 
he didn't just build that library. He built library like yeah. twenty eight thousand libraries all around America. Mm. And you, this was a robber baron. He, he also refused knighthood. He was offered knighthood by the Queen of England because he's from Scotland, and he refused it because he thought he was against the idea of um, like monarchs and unearned. Uh, Unearned success and that kind of thing. Mm. Uh, and then R- Rockefeller, who was a contemporary of his, who was also a Robert Bell, and what Rockefeller got rich basically making it possible for poor people to read at night. Because he was telling you, that's what a standard oil is. A standard oil is a unit of oil. He took um, oil instead of whale blubber, which is what people were using. People were literally killing whales. He figured out a way to take petroleum and make that cheap and accessible to regular middle class families so they could read. And he, he got wealthy off of that, making the world better and saving whales. And he's treated as this, uh, you know, this evil person because he's very wealthy. Uh, he actually was, though, a pretty, not the first one. Uh, was it the first one? I, I can't remember. The old guy in the 40s that built Rockefeller Center, which yeah. one was that? Uh, I'm not sure. I think that was third. senior. I don't remember which one it was. He was not uh, all that good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to continue to spend time not getting to Michael Avenatti, but okay. Uh, All right. Sorry Avenatti. about that. Oh, do I have to? I mean, you uh, brought it up. I did. I did. I, I think it's interesting, just from the perspective. Of, obviously, he had this incident where he apparently, uh, you know, was accused of of going and assaulting uh, a woman, um, and you know, I think. It's, it's a notable from the fact that here's a guy who has been made baseless accusations against numerous people that he disagrees with. Um, and <coughs> Karma. What? <laughs> oh, nothing. I, I just, you, I'm you sorry. Sneeze. I had to Cough. <coughs> Karma. Okay. Mm, sorry. Uh, <laughs> numerous accusations. Um, and never gave anyone the benefit of the doubt of due process. And yet, um, I think it's, it's a great place that we live in. And the fact that he will get it. He will get his due process. Um, certainly people, and I, you know, I, have, I don't know that I've seen one exception uh, on the right or libertarian circles that has said, you know what, no, he didn't give due process to Brett Kavanaugh, and so we shouldn't give it to him. Everyone is saying, you know what, like, he, I hope he learns a, a lesson here about but the way this is supposed to. as we talked about today on the radio show on this, he's not going to. He's not going to. And neither him. will the no. left. No. They will, will not learn that lesson. Yeah, and I and think it's that's so frustrating because... We are being true to what we believe in. And this is the, you know, this is the thing. We've talked about this many times with the way that we handle these situations, right? I get a lot of people in the audience who are like, you guys keep saying, like, be the better person and uh, eventually it'll come around. And people get frustrated because with things like this, Michael Avenatti is, is not going to learn his lesson. And no one's going to say, hey, you guys, I'm glad you were principled with both Kavanaugh and Avenatti. You said the same thing. No one cares. Um, you know, it's, and it's frustrating. And, and on the other side, uh, you know, CNN and MSNBC and so many of these networks put this guy on television over and over and over and over and over again with no information of whether what he was saying was accurate. They just knew that in the end they wanted to stop, you know, whether it was Donald Trump or whether it was Brett Kavanaugh. They kept throwing the guy on the air with almost no interest whether what he was saying was true or not. And are they going to learn their lesson? Is there any soul searching that goes on at, at a cable news network? Nope. When you say, like, this guy, wow, he really seems like a fraud. Wait, wait, uh, wait hang on. When you say soul searching, you mean like, hey, where did all our souls Where are they? <laughs> where did they go? We've lost them. We've lost them. Because yeah. yeah. that may go off. Do you think this is going to hurt his chances for the Democratic nomination? <laughs> oh, no. 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 I actually, I actually. I'm printing up t-shirts. <laughs> what really hurt his chances, I don't think it's this. Because, I mean, you know, look, we've seen people, you know, Menendez has had all sorts of shady stuff. He's yeah. still in the Senate. You know, uh, what's his face in Minnesota? Uh, Keith Ellison still won. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a lot, there's not a lot that can derail you if they like you. They think the issue that hurts him is Kavanaugh. The, he hurt 
that process. They hurt them shutting that down in the end. Uh, he was so he, had, he he still might face it. Or is he been indicted properly on that? Because I think he he's been charged with things by the the judiciary mm. uh, for for potentially. All we meeting. have to do is just change the spelling of his name, and it works. Just you know. N-A-U-G-H-T-Y. I'm a naughty. I'm a little naughty. That's his and, porn uh, name. Oh, my God. Porn name. That's it. Oh. Michael Avenatti. Oh. <laughs> okay. That's just that's kind of classic. Oh, no, we got to take a break. Oh, Let's gotta... keep talking about Michael Avenatti. <laughs> 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 we don't need to go to... Why are you breaking? I don't understand. <laughs> Glenn Beck is coming live to talk about the right path forward and to make fun of the people standing in the way. He might not be able to save the country, but at least we can all go down laughing. Glenn Beck Live, the Addicted to Outrage Tour, on tour this fall. All right, now that we're done with uh, Avenatti, mm. we... Let's say it right. Avenatti. Avenatti. No, I'm not going to say that. You should say it like that. I'm not going to say that. Uh, Now that we're done with that, we've got a lot more to get into. But before we do that, I want to thank our sponsor, My Patriot Supply. Uh, My Patriot Supply, you know, we're just talking about all of these wildfires going on in California. Um, What did you say the other day, Glenn? They were, it was burning like 80 football fields. 80 football fields every 60 seconds. Every 60 seconds. It is, it is. That's insane. Yeah, talking talking to people who are living out there or part of this. It is, it's jumping over freeways. It's, you, you will see the smoke and the fire. It may be too late for you to get out. If you're trapped in one of these canyons, there's no place to go. Yeah. People are, you know, it's, it's, it's horrible. But on the other side of the fire, you have to think, how am I going to feed my family for the next, I don't even know how many weeks. You jump in the car. You don't know where you're going to go. You have no place to, you're staying at a hotel yeah. along with, what, 40,000 other people? Right. I mean, what does that costing people? It's just horrible. Um, anyway, but if you have My Patriot Supply, no matter, if, what, no matter what it is, they come in these, you know, these, these tubs or these, you know, um, uh, grab-and-go yeah. totes, and you just grab them, and they're slim, and you throw them in the back of the car, and you're gone, and you have... Food, breakfast, lunch, and dinner for your family for, you know, three weeks. That's tremendous. Uh, Everyone needs a couple weeks of emergency food supply. You can go now to preparewithnews.com. Get your two-week emergency food supply. That is breakfast, lunch, and dinner for $75. It's worth it. $75 for two weeks of food. It's actually good, too. Yeah. And, I mean, that's for those just-in-case moments when you least expect it. So that's preparewithnews.com. Andrew, everyone... Hates each other. Yes. Uh, so I, I was reading a story today, and it, it disturbed me because we—I was kind of hoping that we would—we would—that uh, the midterms would represent the fever pitch of of tribal hatred and partisanship, and that we'd kind of go back down again Aww, and like we so talk about, talk about movies and things, so and, yeah, and then you know maybe Ruth Bader Ginsburg and well, I would pop up heart. again, but if she didn't, we'd be okay till 2020. Uh, the zenith and, of hatred and division is 2025. Historically really? speaking, 2025. Really? Yeah. Based so on, we're, based, we're based, based on, on the pendulum theory. It's a theory that you. It's really well done. It's it's also based on the Kondrakiev wave. That's kind of the collective versus individual yes. thing. Yeah. And so we hit the eighty-year zenith of a uh, we collectivism at twenty twenty-five. Then it's another forty years back to the center, to the center. Oh my gosh! So it's gonna be it's so a long. So we survive if going. If I'm an independent who doesn't like tribes, am I just out of luck for the next thirty years? You're, yeah, you know, I keep 
believing, because remember, this, this started in, I think, 1920, and its zenith was in the 40s, the last zenith we had, which, look at the world, but it hit its, it hit its peak at about 1940, 42, or something like that, and that's when the war was just raging, and then as soon as that thing, as soon as the war stopped and burned that infection out, it, it went back quickly to, hey, we're... We're, we all love each other, and let's not be that way anymore. Yeah, I mean, like the, like the, I mean, post-war, like Eisenhower and everything, there was yeah. like a much greater, and there was also still the threat of communism. Right, but um, it was so. still, but it was still, it was still, we're in this together. Yeah, it was just that we're in this together for the right things. And that's the that's the data that I've been reading that I find very disturbing is that they've there have been several uh, different studies that have come out. There was a, um, I don't know the methodology on this, but there was a survey that came out on um, Survey Monkey. They were talking about it on Axios where. The, the percentage of Republicans and Democrats that view the other team yeah. with fear or with uh, or believe they're they're, they're either um, evil. I- ignorant or evil yeah. that's that's increased and the one that really disturbed me was a study out of North Carolina um, by uh, I think it's Wheeler and Hetherington um, who have been tracking just in polling data whether or not you you hate who you're voting against. And that's been increasing steadily since the year 2000. And in the year 2000, when the data was available, about 20% of Republicans and Democrats hated the other team. And now it's up to like 50% or so. Like that it's is such mm. a strong yeah. word to say. I mean, hate. I don't think, I mean, I can't say that. Yeah, right? we, 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 I mean, we probably all have people we disagree with that we like, yeah. but, it's, but it's, it's becoming more polarized. Um, there's, I've been reading through Ben Sass's book. I really enjoy it. And he talks about anti-tribes. That we're not really in tribes anymore. We're in anti-tribes, united against who we hate. Mm. Uh, and I, I do think we can fight it. Yeah. I think we can like try and push through this and remember the humanity and the rest of our, our countrymen. Uh, and but we're, it's it's going to take some effort. I don't think it's where the winds are going right it's now. It's interesting because I'm I'm reading a book. For the life of me, I can't remember what it is now. But it's on tribes, and it's based based on some of the research. Remember that we talked about in the '90s about how the country was going to break up, how Russia said America would break up into, I think, eight different tribes or, or six or eight. Six yeah. or eight. Mm-hmm. Um, he, says, uh, he says that's absolutely accurate. Um, and he is taking you through each separate tribe. He said, We're, we are really just a collection of groups of people that look at the world very, very differently. And, you know, we all kind of live in these certain areas. And the problem is, is that... Our unum used to be, hey, you do what you want, I'll do what I want. Don't mess with me. What's right for you in San Francisco is yeah. not right for me in Texas. But now the government's so big, and it's saying what's right for Texas is right for San Francisco and right for New York and, and Peoria, Illinois. That's not true. And that's what's causing this tension. And there's there's, there's, there's a, a cultural corollary to that as well, where yeah. if, uh, you know, if, you're, if your worldview is, I live on Earth, and Washington, D.C. is just kind of the moon orbiting where I live, then it's not as big of a deal who's in Washington. But if Washington's the sun and we're all just revolving around that, then it becomes all important that you're controlling that. Uh, and I think we've, we've kind of had this shift away from, well, like, you know, I'm more invested in my personal neighborhood. I know my neighbors. I'm in the local Rotary Club and the Elks Lodge. And as those organizations start to atrophy, we become more and more concerned with being part of the really big tribe. And then that's winner takes all, and there's not a lot of ground for and that. And let's remember that the sun always turns into a, a black hole and uh, crushes all life in the end. Oh, Vote right. moon. <laughs> We're going to leave uh, this segment on a really positive note <laughs> back in a minute. You're all about to be crushed. Basically. You're all about to be crushed. We are all being sucked into the Washington's <laughs> gravity. 
Hey, Sarah Gonzalez here, and if you like what you're hearing on this program, you should check out Pat Gray Unleashed. The program is available wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Glenn, did you find anyone to win the uh, the M1 raffle? <laughs> didn't blame, go as planned. I, I, I blame Andrew. I made up, not I made up all the names. I just said yeah. names that I thought were funny, and I wrote random name, numbers down. And it, it so I, we were doing well. calling me out. We're giving away this Mercedes for Mercury One, and you could win it uh, through a raffle. It's how we raise money to uh, you know help people. Oh my gosh, the rich are getting richer. Um, and uh, so yesterday, I said, well, you know what we're going to do? We're going to have a mini raffle. Anybody who buys a ticket yesterday. Uh, we're going to draw your name. Well, we drew names, and the first two were like, first one I thought hated us. Uh, it was like, uh-huh. We're like, hey, did you buy a raffle ticket? Yes. Uh, um, well, you know, this is Glenn Beck. Yes. We're like, oh, my gosh. Uh, but she was actually a big fan, but she was going to Hawaii, so she couldn't come. The next one, she just picks up the phone laughing, and uh, she's like, yeah, I can't go either. <laughs> like, I just heard the other person yeah. talking about how they couldn't go. Yeah, and I can't go either. So I, I, I don't know. I haven't checked, but I know we're going to find somebody. But today, if you buy a raffle ticket, you can uh, come. We'll fly you out to the studios in February. You're going to spend the weekend with us. It's going to be a lot of fun. Do that now. Mercury1.org slash M1Ball. And we will see you guys. There's more to come in overtime. I I up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze Premium subscribers. Become a premium subscriber at theblaze.com slash subscribe. Still, yeah. uh, science is settled on uh, climate change, global warming, all that, right? Uh, yes, it is. I'm glad you brought that up. In well, fact- there's a margin of error. There is, of course, a margin, margin of error. There's always study. a very a slight yeah, margin yeah. of error. 3% yeah, percent margin yeah. of error. Usually it's about 3%. So there's a big study that came out about uh, oceans and global warming, and they found that the uh, oceans were um, ca- capturing about 60% more heat than they had originally believed. It was a big deal. Um, it was pr- uh, published in Nature, which is really one of the leading journals um, that, you know, if you wanted to get something done with real credibility, you'd do it there. Mm-hmm. It was multiple countries, multiple universities working together, plus the whole peer review process, went through all of that, got through, got published, and then there was this uh, evil global warming denier. Um, and he started, We should have executed it. We should have, I think so. He started looking at the study and, and really went in depth on it and looked at the mathematical calculations they were using to figure out how sure they were of what they were saying. Uh, the problem was, uh, when he dug into it, he said... Uh, there's a massive error in the way they calculated this. They're not nearly as sure as, as they thought. Now, normally what happens in these situations is, of course, they get ignored and they call, they're called climate deniers and everyone moves on with their lives. And this is where I think, like, if I want to find a little bit of positive in this story, this is where I find it. Um, he submitted uh, this and, and, made, and you know, posted about it and, and said, this is an error. The people who did the study looked at it and found out, yeah, he was right. They actually made a mistake in the calculation. And in fact, they found that it was 10 to 70% more sure of themselves than they thought they were supposed to be. 
um, which is a pretty big deal. Not three so percent. Margin of error is seventy yeah. percent margin of error. Plus or minus seventy percent. Um, okay. Yeah, that's a that's kind of a big deal. A little bit. Um, but they actually came out and they are filing corrections now with a journal. And so the good news that's is, great. hey, at least they they. I, I feel like the, the spirit that's, of science is supposed to be that way, right? That's like the way it is. Everybody makes mistakes. People don't understand things. The science, the the process of science is to get to that point where we can always honestly question and hopefully find more truth. Um, the negative side of this, of course, is. You know, there have this went through a lot of layers. This was not just a little flippant study in a paper, paper play sort of journal. Was, this was, is was this like a? It was it was Nature, like Nature magazine, or, or? Nature, the scientific journal Nature. Yeah, yeah, which is and a big one. It's a yeah. big one. It's it's the you know it's one of the top you know most credible. And it went through multiple layers before that. It was a big uh, um, uh, study that was done between multiple nations. I mean, it was a big deal. And of course, it went through the peer review process that we're told so you know all the time is infallible. Um, it is fallible, of course, because humans are fallible, right? Um, and so they made a ma- major mistake. It looks like they're correcting it, but you wonder how, how many times this has happened. I mean, Michael Mann, famously with a hockey stick, um, this sort of same thing happened. And this is why I kind of look at this in a, in a random way as, as a positive story. I will say this is my opinion because Michael Mann sues every single person who brings this up. But, I mean, the hockey stick had some, you know, some real technical flaws that multiple people uh, pointed out, at least they believed. Uh, they were technical flaws. Again, this is your network, and I want it to be uh, zeroed so out to we, bankruptcy. We, we, when you say the hockey stick, I'm unfamiliar with this. Is, sure. is this like a, 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 this is following like the carbon footprint and the temperature? Yeah, if you picture the it? temperature, you're kind of a hockey stick where it's flat, yes. and then it goes straight up. And then, so they called the hockey stick. Al Gore used it in his movie. Um, but there were technical problems with it where it showed older temperatures were actually higher. Uh, it wasn't that they got the, the current temperatures wrong. It was the old ones that they had j- adjusted, and they were higher. So the, the increase wasn't nearly as dramatic. It wouldn't have made su- such a great scene in Al Gore's movie. And it was questioned, and it, it's gone through m- multiple layers. We've seen lawsuits in the U.K. about it and other things in an inconvenient truth. The point, though, there is that, you know, what Michael Mann did, in my opinion, which is uh, because it's my opinion, obviously it's protected by the First Amendment, um, is you know he he stand by <laughs> the views expressed everybody. on this program. <laughs> views expressed on this program are solely the views of the host and do not necessarily represent the views of this network or its owners. I was told by Glenn Beck to say this, but uh, <laughs> so, no, I mean, and so uh, he went that route. He sued. He criticized, he mocked, he called them deniers. I mean, all of the things. And it wasn't just him. It was all the people who wanted that to be the truth. And, you know, like, you may have gone back and forth with the science and found out that maybe, you know, the, the questioning wasn't exactly right. I mean, there's, there, those things happen all the time. But that's healthy, right? Like, the process of science is supposed to be a healthy questioning. Of skeptical people, it should almost always be led by skeptical people who look at, at an established fact and say, you know what, maybe that part of it's not right. And I think like that's such a healthy thing. But and here, at least like when there was a, it wasn't like some big site. It wasn't a big journal. It was just a guy who who was uh, you know associated with climate skeptics who noticed this, pointed it out, and they actually took it seriously. And I think that is an actual positive that's, step. That's that's very much in the the um, thinking of the actual you know, scientific, the scientific method. The scientific method mm-hmm. you don't yeah. defer to expertise on. Yeah. There's no like the, the whole the scientific revolution. You don't have an authority that you have to defer to. It's mm-hmm. just like, is your logic good or not? Mm-hmm. And uh, good, good on them. So, uh, do we do we happen to have the uh, video of the guy interviewing the people who are protesting Ben Shapiro? If, sure we can see, get it. see if we can find that because that goes to, to to what you're talking about here. Here, you know, you want to protest Ben Shapiro. Ben, protest Ben Shapiro. Maybe you don't like what he says, but know uh, what he says. Mm-hmm. 
And they were just interviewing people where he, they had big protests out, uh, one of the colleges that he was speaking at. And uh, they said, so what is it that he says? Watch. Do you think you should speak tonight or no? No, no. Those not red at all. Flags. What about free speech and the Constitution? How does it work? That's a good point, but he shouldn't be allowed to have free speech if he's going to preach the kinds of things that he preaches. Well, what are some of the things that you're talking about, though? I don't know what he said specifically. <laughs> Do you know any quotes or anything? I don't know what he said specifically. I just don't agree with his platform. Protesting or for Ben? Uh, I'm just trying to get through the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to go to the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> no fascist USA. So, no people forget that about 3% of protesters are just trying to go to Applebee's. Yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a significant part of the, the pie chart. So here's, here's the amazing thing. This is exactly what you're talking about. There's no scientific theory there. You know, you're showing up to a protest. You're carrying a red flag. Yeah. What, what is the red flag for? Because that's not Antifa, is it? Uh, is it? No, no, no. Red flag is, is usually associated with communism. Oh, really? Was yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Like, there are commies there? Uh, probably. I'm well, I, what, sure. It's also, it's also, uh, also used for anarchy. Okay. I, Black I, flag more so, but red flag can be, but it's usually... Which I, and is, is, I've never because sometimes you meet anarchists and you're like you're an anarchist like what do you want well I want like public health care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, do you understand no, what anarchy what, is no. exactly? <laughs> the term. My favorite part of that video though is her the first uh, woman's face when she looks at him and he asks the question like what specifically do you say? So annoying. She's like offended yeah. that he would even She's ask her so if annoyed. she knew anything specific. Well, I don't know anything specific. Yeah. <laughs> like, how can that? How can you not? You're here at a protest. What do you mean? You, what is a, you're protesting his platform? What is his platform? That's the one question no I idea. wish I would have asked. Yeah, follow up. I, you know, I, follow yeah. up. I went to one protest when I was at the University of Oklahoma, and it was like I'm, I, I think I'm simpatico with whatever it was, but I'm still kind of. It was protesting the um, the treatment going on in Darfur at the time. Terrible, awful. Mm-hmm. But I and I wasn't even trolling. Is there anyone protesting on the other side of that? We're, well, we're pro no, Darfur. The, 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 we the, want the, it to the happen. Thing, the thing that confused me is, and this is like I'm a junior or senior, and I wasn't trolling. I was just asking people. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm not really clear on who who we're protesting. Like, are we protesting the American government on lack of involvement? Or, and like, no one could really. But <laughs> yeah. but I don't. And I and I and at that time they were good intentions. But I think it was more of just when you're in college, you really want to like, yay, fight stuff. Yeah. Stick it to the man. Oh, I mean, I did yeah. that, in high school, we used to have every like I would say once a year there would be some like organized walkout. And, of course, what that meant to me was I was walking Leave. out of school yeah. during the day. Like, yeah, this yeah. was the best thing in the world. I have no idea what I protested on, <laughs> on behalf of. I just grew up in a different time. And I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, which now, oh, my God. Yeah. Did, did you have to go to class and stuff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's crazy. I don't, we never protested. I don't remember well, I, any see, of those I, things. I think this is like, a, I, I think that there is a lot of overlap between uh, protests and church I think that protests frequently serve the same function as church for um, progressive Democrats. Because yeah. it's like, well, I get to be part of a group. and well, we're I wasn't gonna... going to church huh? at the time. I didn't go to church at the time. Or protests? Or protests. <laughs> I, I don't even fr- understand what you friends, were doing. My friends and I, we would honestly, we would go on Friday nights. I remember clear as a bell going over to some friend's house, and they'd be like, I'm sorry about my parents. No, don't worry about it. I know. Open up the door. The parents are getting high. They're smoking, oh using a bong. You know, and they're and you know, we walk through and we're like, "Hey guys, how are you?" And they're like, "Hey, it's great." And, and you know, the son or daughter would roll their eyes and go, "My folks were hippies. They just never have gotten past wow. it." I mean, That's I lived a in life. a different uh, world yeah. in the Pacific uh, Northwest. Wow.
Uh, all right. Yesterday's poll question. How do you feel about Fox News supporting CNN in their lawsuit against the White House? 80% said I disagree with Fox News. 10% said I agree with them. 10% of you were unsure. Uh, today's poll question. What issues top your list when evaluating individuals discussing potential 2020 pre presidential runs? So you have to choose from healthcare, immigration, economics, or free speech rights. What do you say, Glenn? Healthcare, immigration, the economy, or free speech rights? That's tough. I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think uh, the economy is the only thing that's going to push us into civil war. If the economy goes down, then we're just going to, we'll, we'll act on all that hatred. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm praying that Trump wakes up on the, on the uh, whole trade thing because it's just not going to be good. What about you, Stone? A long agree? slumber on that one. I don't, I don't think that one's going to uh, pop back up. Um, I, you know, I think I would agree with that. I mean, I, you know, the other one I would consider probably would be free speech. Free rights. speech. Yeah, I mean, that means a fundamental I, constitutional right. Yeah, if I'm, if I just feel like that's less under. If you're asking, you know, what the most important is, I would say freedom of speech. Mm -hmm. You know, anything constitutional, but to buy us more time, economy. Okay. Uh, Real quick. Uh, free speech. Free speech. I, I, I agree with everything you're saying, but I, the free speech person is probably going to like individual rights in general. Yeah. So. yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. That's it for us. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Oh, so that's a person who's good at that? I've never had any. Like what you're hearing? Become a Blaze Premium subscriber and watch the show anytime, anywhere, live or on demand. Go to theblaze.com slash subscribe and start watching today.